but that's okay. At the end of the day, it kind of worked with it because there was a low rumble. It was an uneasy rumble, which was okay as the interrogators interrogated the gentleman for uh, creating a alcoholic beverage mixed with drain cleaner. That's so, thing so that, film classic. Oh, it bothers me so much. Some people you had like, you're on the trend way before it caught on. Well, I know that's that's the nice thing. We would have it would have been overdone this year, yeah. but we some people got to work on these really hot shot projects for their final year. My final project, I got to edit, and I edited the shit out of that. <laughs> but did I get to edit something wonderful? In the end, it was kind of funny, it's but pretty funny, yeah. But uh, no, I got to I got to edit a, a movie about a couple of friends who decided they're gonna mix alcohol and drain cleaner because the drain cleaner cleans out your system and doesn't give you a hangover. Sounds like something kids might try. Yeah, you never know. I'm not. I don't think the college was too happy that we created it because it doesn't give a good message. It's a drink drain people cleaner. Die. People die. But it's a yeah. It's a realistic message right? at least. It works, but you, you know will maybe die. if it was out, it would have been a good PSA for kids not to eat Tide Pods. Maybe you could have saved countless lives had it been distributed more widely. That's true. None of none of the films, even the best ones, ever got wide distribution in any capacity. You'd have to present them to like a film festival, but at that point, you need to be the person that has the rights to said film and. And everything, so it, I don't know. It well, would, the, it, the college always gave uh, the directors, because you'd say it's a Niagara College production, mm -hmm. so you always gave the directors the opportunity to premiere at short f or film festivals. And I think, I mean, when we did the geocaching documentary, it did do a few small festivals, but it never did anything like, never, it never went to ah, anything noteworthy, I think. And it, it's just sad because there are decent things and decent uh, projects that didn't see didn't see any light of day, which is normal for a college. Yeah, yeah. There's probably tons of really good films that come out every year in colleges across the country that just you'll never nobody will ever hear. Well, the thing thing with that is the college, and it's been five years since I graduated, is still using footage from one of the films that was shot my final year as advertising for the college. So that one looked nice. The story was really bad. Does it need to have a good story to, good, to advertise the, the That's program? That's true. Exactly. Yeah. It, it looked nice. But the, I don't know. Everybody, it was weird. People were not smart sometimes. Like when we were pitching uh, short films, somebody decided to pitch, where in the world is Carmen San Diego? Now... Because it's an educational program, you wouldn't be in trouble if you wanted to use trademarked material. But because it was also a program where you were going to get jobs after, uh, they didn't want you to. And that includes music and everything. So that got turned down. Hardcore. Mm -hmm. But then these people were spending so much of their time coming up with good stories. They were pitching them to college, which is fine. But if you give the college your A material... You can't touch it after. Yep. So I I pitched, and I pitched a story that I've been working on for years, but I changed everything. I changed certain plot points. I made it more central because the the acting program was disappointed that none of the uh, none of the roles were for women. None of the main roles were for women. 
and they were like, we, we have all these actresses that have to act, and none of them are written for women. So I changed my story so it centered on the woman. That was the central focus, and it changed it enough that my story could exist as itself, and then I'd have this little short film that exists that's similar, and it got pitched, and I did very well with the pitch. We got marked on the pitch, we got marked on the story and whatnot, but nobody picked it. Instead, we did a short film about drain cleaner and alcohol. Mine had tears, mine had emotion, mine had actual acting and talent. It's so. interesting what you brought up earlier, just because you're saying there's a lot of actresses, like you know, one of people who are in school to be actresses. What was the gender makeup for people that were in your program? Not people like specifically trying to act, but people that were producing the content. Mostly men. Mostly men. Like what? I what's mean. The ratio? In the film program specifically, uh, of the final year, there's probably like 25 of us, but 18 men. Like it was, it was pretty. Yeah, good. okay. For the acting program, because it was two separate programs, it yeah, pretty split, pretty split down the middle. But the unfortunate thing is, is I mean, if the if the production program is mostly men and they're writing, that that was the stupid thing. You, you have a college. There's a lot of stupid things, There, there needs to be more of an integrated process where people in a writing program would be writing yeah. for you. Because most of the time, people who write scripts don't direct. And most yes. of the time, well, can't say that. There are people who do it all, but yeah. A good chunk of the time, directors are brought on later. So if you had writers write the scripts, the directors choose, and then the actors, that would at least make it a little bit more real. But if the writers... I bet the writing program, like most college and university programs, is probably predominantly female to begin with. So there might be more of a female-oriented, you know, more female leads and things like that. And because it was a college course, yes. there was also, you know, like there was, there was hands-on stuff. I don't understand why we were the ones building the sets. It could be really integrated. You'd think set design would be like a class that you take. It was and wasn't. It was integrated into a lot of elements, like you would learn about lighting. And lighting sets is very important because you would need to take you would need to take a set like this room and light it so it looked like I mean this room has really bad lighting, but you would need to make it look that lighting comes from that light and that light. Yeah. But you would also have to do it in such a way that you can see us both without yes. making it seem like where the hell are the lights coming from? And you that's a hard thing. If you watch like Hollywood movies, especially when people wear glasses, a lot of times glasses still really give it away. Yeah. You'd be like, there's a giant light yeah. right there. It's... It. I know for even like the dramatic arts program at Brock University, they would make the students do trigonometric equations to figure out exactly where you know lights would be in the room and, and just different optics that was the properties. only math we really had to do in school because yeah. i mean there is a there's a proper way of doing it and then there's the artistic way of doing it you have to learn how to do it properly and then if you want to get artistic with your lighting you can yeah it's always neat film noir stuff is always kind of cool to light out a light out a curtain and have the light streaks along people's faces and stuff like that. But we never did anything pretty like that fun. in school. Only works in black and white too. And I loved shooting black and white film, but I didn't love it as much as I would now. Because it's a bit more of a rarity now. Well, it's, it's a bit more of a rarity now, and I understand 
the uh, look that you can achieve the with look it. you can achieve yeah. now whereas back then it was just like why the hell can't we use sound the the funny thing and i'm referencing a specific person i'm friends with on facebook <laughs> when i think of this when people discover the look you can achieve with film especially in photography people will go out and take pictures that would otherwise be so boring there's nothing to them they're not good photos but perhaps they get it in their head that because of the way that the film grain looks or something about it, they, they think this is a great photo. And I, I don't know, maybe I was guilty of it too, although I keep going back to my film stuff. I'm like, wow, I, I kind of like the way I shot on film better than I did some of the digital stuff at the time. But it's, it's just funny how people can take that look and that aesthetic and just run and only have that to stand on. Well, and Which, you can be damn sure that they stand on it too. Yeah. You like this? This was shot on film. But but you could only it would only happen now like back when that was the only option nobody people didn't you know they couldn't have stand, stood on that kind of thing but now it's like ah oh, I'm gonna shoot this artsy thing on eight millimeter film and it's gonna be great just because it's eight millimeter film I'll just shoot a picture of some lady's hand on a subway and it's, it's art it's art yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was uh, I did I did um, some photocopies for somebody today who had photos with a copyright release which was amazing from 1965 wow came with a form which could have been forged for all i know but it said it's a good idea if you're trying to get your photos that have say you know do not copy or distribute at least forge i you know i if it looks legit i can't yeah, say anything that's true but it had the photography company's stamp on the back so i googled it mm-hmm a wedding photography company in St. Catharines that operated from 1929 to 1970. Wow. I know. 41 years of, like, operation through a big time. That would have been badass. I was thinking about it today. If we could travel through time, go back to the 70s with the camera equipment we have nowadays and say, I made this. Well, if they started that soon, you'd think that they'd probably be using... If it was 35 million, they'd be using Leica cameras. And if it was, you know, your 4x5, your 8x10, I guess there's a bit more diversity in that. I don't even know what wedding photos would look like back then. Would it just be like a, a couple stills maybe from an 8x10 and, you know, the couple standing together? This one was a wallet size photo. Oh, yeah. It wasn't a wedding photo. It was just like an ID photo. But it, but that could have been, it was probably later, seeing as the customer yeah. brought it in. It was the 70s. Yeah. yeah. But At which point, they'd be shooting on SLRs. So, bro full into the future because i think 1954 was when slrs took off with the first nikon f camera just because up until then professionals wouldn't touch anything but a like a rangefinder or something similar hmm. but but yeah changed it from that point on yeah but i mean how how many photography businesses do you think will last 41 years these now? days not many there are some relics that stand, still stand up, I guess, that do weddings and things like that. But they tend to fall apart because their business models don't work in the modern age. Not necessarily the photography has anything wrong with it. Unless you've been around for so long and you're... Like, there's a photographer in Tilsonburg, and you would think, even with research nowadays, you'd bring in other photographers. He is an old guy, still operates. He is the go-to person in Tilsonburg. Hmm. I guess it's good. It was funny doing research about competitors one competing company that i used to look up to that i haven't even took a glance at in about two years is gone i can't find the owner no i can't find anything he's just gone 
they filed used for bankruptcy and left. But there's no website. The website's for sale. The, the professional Facebook page is gone. He doesn't have a Facebook page. His Instagram account is basically inactive. Hmm. And he's just disappeared. So they do come and go really quickly. Especially if you build it in a lot of overhead and things like that, and it just stops working at some point. There's a, there's a again, in Tilsonburg, I pass it, and I'm always amazed by it. There's a photography company in Tilsonburg that started with a storefront. Like, one day it was like, I have a store that's available for rent. Open up a photography studio. Start with that type of overhead, even in Tilsonburg photos aren't that good no the facebook page is horrendous <laughs> i'll send you the link later but it is, i can't i can't remember the name of it but all she does now is like green screen cosplay stuff she has a cosplayers will pay a lot of money yeah for those kind of photos but i've seen really good cosplay stuff this yeah that that's the, most of the people who do it are really good in the post-production side of things mm, this one isn't no that's this one's like a green screen. The only thing she has going for her is she has a model, and I guess it only works for Walking Dead stuff, who looks a lot like one of the villains from Walking Dead. I guess if you want to act out something in The Walking Dead. You yeah, gotta, he's your man. Your man. He does, but other than that... I, I kind of like... I'm, I'm going to Anime North later this year, and I kind of like the way... You can do it there because people who who are all let's say they pick the same anime, they're all from the same. They'll meet up and they'll go do photo shoots together and things like that. That's neat. Then you have the full the full set basically, they have the full cast. And I'd like to do photography like that, but it'd be neat if you could bring a photography studio there with a like a twenty five foot by ten foot cyclorama green screen. Get the cast in, yeah. get them act out, and then be able to. I mean, you could... Nobody goes that far, so that would be a big step up. But you, you need space to put it. You need space. Yeah. But if you offered it, and you were like, we can put you in your scene. If they would let you use the parking lot or something, that'd be pretty cool. Because there's always empty spots way at the back behind the convention center. Yeah. That's an interesting idea. I, I'd, I'd love to do something like that. There's, It's already taken over by swarms of photographers everywhere. So you'd have to do something different if you yeah. wanted to make a... And I, I think if I was to do that, exclusivity would be my game because people just overload themselves and they promise that, you know, you'll get your photos in six months. Six months goes by nothing. And, you know, because they just have thousands of yeah. photos over their head and they got to put in so much work, even the people who are really good at it. So, it, you know, you say, okay, I'll do Did you see the 25. prices last year? Are they expensive? See prices? Yeah. They're very They're photography. Well, yeah. yeah, I know. But when you think of all the post work... Like, people think that... They're priced appropriately. I think I'd be confident asking the amounts that I see most people okay. asking. Like, if, if you're getting a ton of stuff done in the background and you get a photo shoot with, I don't know, you're going to deliver 10 photos, yeah, people are asking 600 bucks okay. or more. I was, I was thinking, I, think, I don't know if Tila mentioned it once or twice, but I was thinking there might be the occasional, like, geeky guy who just wants to take pictures of, like, uh, good-looking women in tight clothing. I'm sure, people, I'm sure people do that too. Yeah. yeah, that's why. Although she says there's a lot of photographers there that just don't do anything else because they won't do weddings because there's too much pressure. I, I don't understand that really. I don't. It keeps you awake when you're doing weddings. I maybe it's just my personality, but I was never really intimidated by it. I don't. I've never had equipment just fail on me out of nowhere, and even if I did, I have backup stuff. Backups. Now, I mean, I'm back when I started doing weddings, I didn't, but. 
But then again, I also worked with you guys, so not the worst thing in the world. If you take if you take care of the equipment and you know, it's good. And it's a horrible thing to to think. But if you didn't have a backup, I guarantee somebody's at a wedding with a DSLR. Yeah, that would be an awkward moment having to ask it for that. Be, but but you're like, hey, listen, <laughs> I write you a check for two hundred dollars. Yeah. Shut up. Yeah. Just let me do it. Here's the check. Let's go for it. It probably work. I almost want to try it as an experiment now that you mention it. Just see some guy, I don't know, with a nice you know, 5D Mark III or whatever, be like, look, my equipment's not working. Can I rent yours? No, I'm an artist. Yeah. Well, it's, Tila was doing a wedding where the guy asked if she wanted to use his lenses. It's almost like a, like a sexual way. That's, I feel like as a man, I wouldn't have that question asked of me. Do you want to use my lenses? Yeah. They're nice and big. You know, but if, but if somebody had the nice Nikkor lenses that did way better than what I have, uh, no, you know. That was take before her. she knew what she was doing, so yeah. she just said no. That was her her uh, second wedding. She's shooting on, like, the T3 or something? Uh, that, at that point, I had the 60D, so it was T2i. T2i. Um, that, stick a nice lens on that, you get great photos. Oh, yeah, but she was still kind of learning, and I wasn't beside her to talk her off. Or to, like, talk above her so she didn't know what she was talking about or anything. Yeah. Um, he was a douche, though. You'd think, starting to offer lenses, well, he was kind of condescending to begin with. He was mad because we undercut, because the, the bride and groom wanted us there for 18 hours. Yeah. He quoted them a price that was, like, six times more expensive than what we charged. Mm -hmm. Which, to be fair, his price was fair. But now that we're doing this, oh yeah, now, oh, yeah. now that it's fair, we don't even do eighteen hours anymore. So if we did, he'd charge kind of what I would charge. I still might be a little bit lower, but then it's awkward because he was doing the photos, so he knew we undercut, and then he knew how much we undercut. So then there's all that. He was funny, but if you're a wedding photographer and you go home with one of the bridesmaids, that's that's ballsy. That's pretty ballsy, yeah. And I do not recommend him personally. And then also, he ate all the lobster. Yes, this guy. This guy. Okay. So, he is uh, a questionable, expensive photographer. And his father built the business, not him. Wow. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I do some research. His photographer was in business a lot longer than he was, so... He's not in business anymore? Oh, he is in business. Oh, okay. But his his father built the business. I know. On on the side note of that, it's really nice when there's a midnight buffet or something with lobster and, and crap. There I, is. There's nothing wrong with taking some of oh, it. Oh, it's so good. The last second last wedding we shot, there was a midnight buffet with pizza. It was at uh, Stone Mill Inn. Good pizza. Mm -hmm. Very good pizza. Mm -hmm. I took a slice. And for the first time in a long time... I heard somebody say, why is the videographer taking a slice of pizza? I'm like, do you not see me wearing a Steadicam sweating bucket? The bride was talking to me, laughing, having pizza. Mm -hmm. And as she was having pizza, I recorded her drunkenly enjoying herself with her friends in pizza. Yeah. I was still doing my job while enjoying a nice slice of pizza. It's definitely one of those jobs where... I mean, one, if you're doing a job, you have to eat at yeah. some point during the day. This is a, a, this long, is a long thing. And it's it, for us, it's in the contract. It's something that, mm -hmm. you know, we, they are fully aware that we're going to do. We need a you know, plate if, we're, if there's going to be dinner and all that. So it's not unreasonable. 
there's a bride and groom this year who jokingly said, like, what's the, uh, what's the least amount of food we can feed you? And they were joking about it. And I get it. It is an, it is an extra It's expense. expensive for a plate, yeah. So uh, I'm like, well, if you give us a... Don't, just don't give us tuna sandwiches. No. If you want to give us a vendor meal, that's fine. But just don't give us tuna sandwiches. <laughs> we were marked as vendors at that same wedding. Like, our table marker said vendor. And we're like, oh, God they bring us like chicken nuggets or something and they gave us the same food like well, what's the point in marking us at vendors unless you wanted us to know where we were or even though they're serving the same food maybe it wasn't plated exactly the same and they just gave a discount or something but i don't know people are weird so. can't say it's a big deal really no well, as long as you don't go hungry during the dance oh i know it's all Granola you bars Granola bars during the day during the day and <laughs> Um, food at night. It plus, I mean, half the the wedding <laughs> wedding parties want to, you know, by the end of the night, got to know one of us so well that they're trying to hand us a shot to take. Oh and yeah, it's like no, please, we don't need to do that. Oh, it's it's good. It shows that we're friendly. It shows that we uh, we we're good at what we do. So that's good. Yeah, personable more than anything, which yeah. is probably the best skill to have. Oh, it is in this in this industry where so many people are afraid to answer the phone. Got so many weddings just from picking up the phone. It's it's advantageous to be sociable. That's mm-hmm. for sure. I, I I guess that's the biggest problem as to why these people are like oh I would never go shoot a wedding if they're doing a different type of photography. Like they're people. just not people. People. Yeah, that's the problem. Mm-hmm. But at the same time. They're not putting that much thought into it because if they're if they're doing studio or doing something else like that, you still have to talk to your client. You still have to make them comfortable. There's a lot of person skills that go into it. Yeah, especially, I, especially if you are dealing with the the tight clothes women. You don't want to make them feel weird. So if you're not good at talking to people, it might not be a good idea. No, I mean you can always hide behind your gigantic camera and you know sure. not say much, but. It doesn't help. I don't think there's really a photography job. Like, it, it seems like there maybe were people a long time ago that could make a career off landscape photography or something back when nobody had done it so well. And maybe those people could go without, you know, being personable. But it's not... I don't know if anybody's a full-time landscape photographer now that doesn't work for a magazine or something already. Oh, exactly. Yeah. You, you have to... You have to be able to talk to people and you have to know people mm-hmm. i i like niagara falls because years ago there used to be a bunch of kind of like canadian baby contract photographers that would go take pictures of you in niagara falls and give you a ticket and you would go get your pictures he would go see the pictures of you standing by the falls and whatnot and that used to be a big business and now you don't do that because everybody takes selfies yeah they do it for you mm-hmm. but it's still it's still big business on cruise ships you still have a bunch of photo stands and and photo places to get your photos taken, and then they give you it's all done on your name. You go to the photo center. Cruise ships make a killing on photography. I didn't know any. I've never been on a cruise ship, so I didn't know anything about that. Yeah, I mean Andrew worked on cruise ships for a long time doing photography. Huh. Yeah, that's how him and his wife met. I guess even theme parks still do it to an extent, although it probably isn't what it used to be either. Uh, Disney will still do it. Yeah. Disney does it in a pass. I think you pay like 60 bucks for the day and they'll take your photos for you, which isn't that bad. Because no. if you don't want to take your 5D Mark II on a roller coaster, get them to take the photos for you. Yeah, 
It's almost strange. I, I think of Canada's Wonderland being nearest. Why don't they just because you got to buy the photos for if let's just say you're going to a specific ride that has a, a they take a shot during the ride. What, why don't they just build that into one of the season passes? They see season pass plus and you get yeah. photos or something. Because nobody people might buy one and they say okay we want one we're gonna put it on the fridge or something like that whatever. But buy the pass people gotta take buy get the photos from all of them why not? And maybe you charge them extra for certain types of prints or something. But they get by default I don't know. You know, eight by ten or something. Are you a Canada's Wonderland person? Do you like it? I could do it once every two years that, for the rest of my life. That's that's about where I am. I went to it the same night as you did last year. Really? Halloween Haunt. Yeah. Oh. Teal and I. I, I oh yeah, I remember that. We were there the same time, but we like it, it was just past. a weird thing. You think we almost should have crossed paths? Cause I was I was not, looking for you. Not crazy, but it was nighttime. Yeah, right. Nighttime. So it was harder to find you. And I haven't been there in years. I can't remember the last time I've been there, but I know I've been there. And I haven't, um, I haven't rode a roller coaster in a very long time. So I told the person I was with, I'm like, I'll go. And I'll go on the behemoth. I don't know. It was the Leviathan that was Leviathan, open that night. Sorry. Yeah. I'm like, I don't know so what I'm going to do. Oh, wow. And we're going through the line. And I know it's safe, but well, yeah. I'm still thinking it's really big. It's a huge coaster. I get to the front, and I'm like, <laughs> it's like a third date with this girl. So I'm like, well, I can't puss out. Nope. So I go, and I sit. I'm like, mm. I learned what I do. I swear so much. I can believe that unbelievable i can definitely see that i cursed every single nationality i was swearing i'm i mean it's it's a very <laughs> mentality my butt left the seat that it should not the butt should not leave the seat i get done the ride we pull into the station and the people waiting to get on the ride are looking at her. They're like, did you have fun? She's like, yeah, it was great. They look at me and they're like, you do not look like you had fun. I'm like, I... <laughs> it was fine. It was good. It was fun to yell. I know it was safe. I do it every two years. But everything else I enjoyed. I liked the... I liked the haunted theme things. That was kind of neat. I was you, thinking it was going to be scarier. Nah, it's not over the top. There's a lot of places, even Niagara Falls, that do it a little bit better. I haven't been to it, the one of the haunted houses in Niagara Falls for so long. Should do Night Nightmares is my favorite. When's the last time you've been there? We Night, should do it. Nightmares like three, four years ago. We should do it. I haven't been in so long. They change it up sometimes. So like, the, the main gimmick of Nightmares is that it's it's pitch black. You you've done it before? Nope. No. Okay. This one. So a lot of the houses, you know, you walk through. It's like a museum. There's like yeah. grotesque stuff all over the place. Nightmares. You walk in pitch black and the idea is there's red lights above the doors so that's what you follow and then you'll bump into weird things you'll have to crawl maybe they'll do the thing where they push the bat like the air into the inflatable wall so it kind of gets tight and you gotta worm your way through and there's certain things that will pop out but not in the way you would expect it to not monster stuff like more psychological some or? some monsters but also they change it up all the time so it wasn't there the last time but the first time I went through when I was probably I was in grade school, they had uh, a, a thing where it's pitch black, but all of a sudden the headlights of a car pop on, and it's about, you know, eight feet away, and they have it rush forward and hit a wall or something. 
very loud, very realistic fan, and the, the horns on at the same time as the headlights come on, you think you're going to get nailed by a car. Yeah, that... See, that's the neat thing. You don't need to have monsters to really no. screw somebody. But yeah. but it's so good. It's so good because yeah, the whole thing is in the dark. You don't see almost anything the entire time. Or you'll walk into. I don't. I still don't know how they do it because it's pitch black. But you walk into what it feels like you walk into a, a room that's like kind of a circle. Because you're feeling away. That's the only way you can tell what, what's going on. And you see the red light, and you get close, and it goes out. And you're like, what the fuck? You go try to reach. There's just a wall there, and there's a red light, and it goes up. It, goes around the room and you don't know where the exit is and you can't feel it and then at some point it opens up and you can leave mm. <laughs> it trick it it plays with you Neat. but it's different all the time so i'm sure it'll be nothing like that when we go Neat. <laughs> now i want to go there's a few things i want to do some odd things because we touch you kind of touch base on the fact that we're personable so if we i with niagara falls it's always hard to shoot anything there but justin came up with an idea and i'd be willing to sacrifice my life for this video okay okay because uh, it will kill me better be a good video uh it will kill me uh every so often he goes to st louis wings the, the yeah. place decent and he's like one day you me eric and tila whoever else wants to come and be on video should go and order the hottest wings that they have <laughs> i don't feel like they'd be that bad i feel like they would <laughs> I don't feel like they'd be that bad for you and Tila, but I don't know. Like, when you go, Tila says she likes spice, but she doesn't go for the hottest. She does a lot of the time. Shit. I don't like spice. Like, she like, I'll do it for the, the daringness of it or whatever, but I don't enjoy it. She, for whatever reason, doesn't care. Well, then we should do it, because I will do it, but I will die. <laughs> I'd be willing to make a video like that. Okay, then yeah. let's do it. We'll get some podcasts, get some TSLRs. The owner is really cool. Yeah. Um, so we could, we could do it. Which St. Louis is this? Uh, it's the one on 4th okay. in St. Catharines. Yeah. He, I know the owner's cool because he lets that magician do magic there. So he's kind of into like helping people. That's so if cool. we say, hey, we're at St. Louis, get a, get a nice little like drone shot of that one. Just be like, hey, we're doing this. It's going to be kind of neat. That way you post a video, gets people kind of into going there to know you they're pretty good I, i've gone there we last time i went there was just for the all you can eat boneless wings Ooh. it's good it's not the same as regular wings no for it's sure. not because it's kind of just chicken nuggets rest it's chicken too rest. like we didn't teal and i did not bother to eat as much as we would if we were to go for all you can eat wings typically like i think and, and they're much bigger too so it's kind of you only get through maybe 20 of them and you're, you're done. At uh, Taps, near here, they have, I don't know what it is, 20 cent wing nights or something. But you can, me and her will go there for like, get 60 wings, drinks, and come out like less than 24 bucks in. Oh, yeah. It's not bad at all. Oh, that's good. But just kind of a neat thing. That way... We're doing stuff, we're creating stuff, it's fun, it's entertaining, it could kill us, so it's good. I keep having thoughts pretty much daily about, I'm just going to do something simple or whatever, and, and then I get to think, wait a minute, I should record this and make a video, and it happens to me every day, but I don't, I, I never record anything, because I always find some kind of flaw with it, like, well, I don't have anybody to operate the camera, and I need them, I need somebody for this specific thing I'm going to do. I think we talked about it drunk last week. I think we did. Did we? I can't remember, but I feel like we did. The audience will remember better than we did. Yeah. Um, 
but I know somebody who started a vlog series mm-hmm. and it's like a mom vlog. It'd be so funny if we were talking. We didn't mention that we yet. Did. And yes, I get it. She has time because she does it while her kids are asleep. She does it while her kids are at school, but she's doing it. She's slowly, very slowly building a following. I don't necessarily agree with the fact that she goes right for the, the affiliate stuff, but that's just me. That sounds so good on the microphone. Um, but, you know, three videos a week. She's been doing it for a month now. Just, just doing it is enough to... That's a start. That's why that's doing this... This is episode nine. It is? It doesn't feel like it's been that long. No. And then episode 10 is next week at some point, because it's Easter. It'll be a special one. 11 will be in Nashville. Yeah. 12 is in Florida. Mm-hmm. 13's going to suck, because we're not in Nashville or Florida. We'll have a good tan, hopefully. We will. Yeah. I'm going to get my pre-summer tan, <laughs> because, well... It, I don't know what if you find this too, but the only reason I know is I, I framed all last. I was framing houses all last summer. About I would say two months into to summer, I, I guess after June or something, I was at about peak tan. And no matter what I did, no matter how many days I worked with my shirt off, I could not tan more. It got as dark as I could physically get. I never, I never sunburned after that, which was nice. Oh, that's good. I think your, so your got, skin gets used to it. Well, yeah, and it keeps taking in the yeah. UV radiation, which is not good for it, but no. I tried to get more tan. Um, I don't know. My tan, I, I don't spend enough. I mean, this summer is going to be different because last summer I was still doing baby photos, so I don't know. And this summer I've got like a, a female companion. Maybe I'll be outside more. Maybe. Based on the way that Justin and I are talking, we're going to be golfing more. Hell, I want to golf. I, said, I will make it a hobby. Golf. Well, let's, let's do it. We're gonna keep talking about this over <laughs> and over to the audience. I, I'm Not getting I'm here. getting my set of golf clubs on Easter weekend, and I'm gonna to try to go to the driving range once with Justin before we go to Florida. Melissa keeps saying there's a golf course close to us in Florida. I'm like, I don't want my first time on a golf course Gator. to be on a nice one in Florida. It's That'd not be... my first time, but I also don't know what the the price would be. Probably not unreasonable. It's a touristy area, so they might jack it up a bit. And I don't want to bring my golf clubs to Florida. No, so have to there, rent we have them. room. We have a van. Well, yes, I know. Lots Thankfully, we have a van. Hmm. Update that's more of a personal side of my life. I crashed my car, so I'm buying a van now. At 10 kilometers, like, at a slow crash. Like, uh, you don't know the story, so I guess no, I might as well you tell You didn't it. tell me. You were just like, I'm going to show you I haven't something. even told my insurance company Is yet. Is it good? I'm, I'm waiting. No, no, it's not good. <laughs> oh, my God. What happened? <laughs> okay, so there is an intersection. No. Black Forest Corners. You know where that is? Okay. Okay. Yep. It's 7 in the morning. Sun's coming up, which plays into a little bit, not from my angle, but whatever. And I I just, I approach the corner. I got to make a, a turn towards the Allendale Bridge. This is very local. <laughs> and I'm making a right-hand turn. So it was the, there was a truck in front of me. It's making the same turn. We have a red light. So he stops at the, the red light on the line like you're supposed to. And he looks around, sees that it's safe, I guess, and goes. So I'm like, okay. I come up to the same spot, you know, where you're supposed to stop. Stop. Look. It looks pretty safe. Look forward. He's moving. He's moving through. He's pretty much gone. I move up. I look again. And then, bang. I I look forward or whatever. And I see my hood just crumple. And I'm like, oh, God. I guess what happened is because the sun was right down at the end of the road, he after checking just like i did was unsure so he checked again but he just happened to stop 
pretty much he, he had moved past the crosswalk and was almost into the next road. It's a really big intersection. Mm-hmm. But didn't he just stopped. So I didn't I didn't see it coming. I thought he had already moved out of the yeah. way. And I hit the the left side of his bumper. Now he is in an eighty five thousand dollar diesel truck that's way off the ground. So his bumper misses mine entirely. It just hits my headlight and my hood. The hood yeah. crumples. So basically, it was a very nice impact. I would say <laughs> <laughs> I didn't feel too much. He says he felt only a bump. The collision was entirely absorbed into my hood. Now, how's his truck? Perfectly fine, or now because it is such a big and expensive truck. He is a good dent in the back bumper, and there's one sensor that got broken because there's a bunch of them that line yeah. it. So if, if I hit a, a Toyota Corolla, I would have done $600 damage. Because I hit this truck, it's probably $4,000 for a new bumper or something. Yeah. So, um, you know, that's what insurance, insurance is for. But, yeah. but, you know, I'm pretty young, so that's <laughs> my insurance rates are probably going to go to the roof. You're still under 25, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, we'll get an update. And I had... Hey, who's your insurance provider? Cooperators. Okay, cooperators. They're, yeah, they didn't, they're not going to be happy with me. <laughs> I got a ticket, too. That's my first ticket. Oh, because it was a... It was a, cops had to come, right? Because of the damage, yeah. yeah. I got. Was it. the driver reasonable? Was he a nice guy? Was he mad? I was friends with him by the end of it, and it was fine. No, he was an older guy. He was nice. Um... I, yeah, no, I got a ticket, so, and... What was the ticket for? Well, here's the thing. I, I gotta look up the, the precedent set by cases made against this ticket in the past, because I personally think, usually in that situation, you get careless driving, because you drove into something that was still, of right? Course. But I didn't get that. I got following too close. So, I'm thinking based on that, because I was at an intersection, I had stopped in the intersection. I had, I had failed to correctly proceed into an intersection. I wasn't following anybody. That's the, I mean, yes, I rear-ended somebody, but is it necessarily always following close that results in rear-ending somebody? I, I don't know. I, I, should, I don't have any friends that really are in law school or anything like that, so it's kind of difficult to, to approach it. But I don't know if perhaps the officer wrote me a ticket knowing that it's fightable kind of I, I don't know i always wonder if officers do that to throw you a bone but then like with Tila, a lot of times you just you just show up to court and you get reduced yeah. for telling the truth basically like tila says that her officer said to to fight it like i have to write this ticket but fight yeah. it my the the officer that showed up on the scene was a great guy nice guy he a lot of them are he's, he said he had the same accident himself not too long ago Eh, not, nothing to worry about. So I think if I have to go to court about it, then then we'll see. But I don't know. If, if it seems like the precedent set by the tickets given in the past are exactly that, I don't care. I'll pay the ticket. The demerit points suck. It's 110 bucks. Okay, so I don't care about the money. It's three demerit points, though, which I don't have any. So it's not going to hurt me that bad, but my insurance company is not going to like it. No, it will not. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, that's... I mean, that sucks. It It's... It's weird, too, because, I mean, as soon as somebody when has... When did it happen? When did it happen? Yeah. That was last, last week. No. Yeah, but... On... Like, I saw you... Uh, what, Sunday or Thursday. Okay, no, so. Friday. I don't know. So, two days ago. Okay. Yeah, not long ago. I... This is a way I can branch off to something different. I can't remember... Oh, uh, the channel's explanations, oddly enough. 
hosted by Lindsay Doe. <laughs> She she brings up a case related to something sex sexually, but I don't care about that part. Where she talks about somebody. Okay, I, I guess I can. It wasn't sex related actually. Anyway, what a segue. She was talking about how to proceed in certain situations, like what you should do. And she she brings up this example, where this this wife of uh, I guess it, I think he she had a husband that went off to war or something, and she gets a knock on the door one day. And it's, you know, somebody from the military holding, you know, the flag and, and telling her that her husband had died. Mm -hmm. And she just invites him in for tea without saying, without crying, without saying a word about it. And and the person at the door is like confused or like, ma'am, your your husband died or whatever. And she, he asked her like why she's doing that. And she's like, well, I was always taught to just proceed as I would if, if nothing was wrong. Basically just to go about the day mm -hmm. in the structured order that I already have instead of worrying about things that I can't change kind of thing. So yeah, that's mostly why I didn't, I didn't even tell Teal until later in the day, just because I was like, well, there's nothing I can do about it. So I'm just gonna just go about my daily routine and not really care about it right now. It's it kind of postpones anything you have to worry about until later. Yeah. Kind of nice. That's a hard thing to learn. I'm trying to learn that thing. Like, I mean, I know and people need to learn this, that really, at the end of the day, everything, for the most part, is almost out of your control. Like, you can control very little in life. Uh, you would be dead tomorrow. So yeah. any plans that you have... I, I planned on getting my car to 400,000 kilometers, yeah. and I did not make it. No. I missed by about 50,000. So stuff like that <laughs> is gone. Yeah. And you have no control over that, and you can proceed in a way to get pissed, and I'm sure... <laughs> I mean, I've got pissed over really stupid things that you have control that you don't have control over, just small things. But once you realize that there's, as I said, very little that you can do, you do kind of just have to like roll with the punches. It's, it's driving is one of those things too, where it's it is annoying because it seems it seems difficult in this position at least. Like, what could I have done different? Because I know there's people that speed, get into accidents. There's people who drive recklessly, they get into accidents. Mm -hmm. This collision happened at 10 kilometers an hour, and it happened because I wasn't looking where I needed to be at the exact moment that I did. But I've done that perfectly well every other time that I've been in my car. So I, it's... Well, you think even things. at 10 kilometers, if you're looking this way and that way, how quickly somebody can stop in front of you, yeah. right? They, st they clearly got on the brakes and yep. stopped, and it was, it was enough time for me to crumple my bumper. Yeah, so I don't think there's anything you could have done differently, based on what I know. Yeah. It's just... I'm it's sure it'd be, it'd be cool to have dash cam footage of it, because then it, it, you, dash cam footage is always unforgiving in that it looks blatantly obvious when you look at something for an accident. Like, I see so many videos of people getting into crazy ones. Although, it's scary when you see... I, I saw a video today where somebody was, they were pretty close to the back of a truck, maybe 20 feet away on the highway. And uh, you're just watching, and the truck just veers off to the left in the other lane, yeah. and the car, stop. Done. And there's no way Nothing any human do. could react to that. You can't swerve to the left. You don't know what's there. You, you can't make the same decision that the truck driver did. Yep. There's nothing you can do. Yesterday, driving back to St. Catharines, um, on the highway, I mean, the rightmost lane, and we're just about to come on to or come past a off ramp. So the the merge lines are already there. We're just driving past and a vehicle goes up beside us, 
no turn signal proceeds to go in front of us mm -hmm. which again you see all the time yeah but then slows down so she so she can get into the like off ramp and i mean you may ride with me enough to know that i do not use my horn that often no oh boy <laughs> uh i i slammed on the brakes not i mean i did i went right she went left she stopped in the on the highway so there was no incident and then oh. she she followed after me but stuff like that like it is so unbelievable how uncontrollable something like that is you're you're a good driver you know teal is a good driver i'm a good driver that's fine that's great but it's not us. And yes, you could argue that we could still be the cause of oh, somebody yeah. else's demise. But it's just so... You're so reliant on other people not being stupid. Absolutely. And that could have killed two people but, right there. Three. And it, But it's miraculous how often it, it goes right, considering we're driving these big metal oh, yeah. vehicles around. Mo pretty much every occasion that I go for a drive, it goes without incident. Yeah. If it's a long trip, you know, you see some person on the highway that's doing something they shouldn't be usually, but... But for the most part, it's, it goes perfectly well. Mm -hmm. Should be great when there's self-driving cars and stuff, I imagine. I mean, that's the, that's the thing. I don't know. Um, kind of not worried about driving to Florida. That's fine. Done, the, done that distance before. Yeah. Different type of mentality with police cruisers down there, though, and policing. And Some states are really heavy on the traffic laws. And I'm not exactly one to be in a car if Tila's going the equivalent of a buck forty down when she shouldn't be. Mm -hmm. We should stay within a reasonable amount of the limit. We're not, Which, we're not working. Sure. It's a leisurely yes. thing. Which is fine. I mean, this the van that we're taking has cruise control. It has yeah. whatever. You just, you know, set it. We're going to get there in plenty, plenty mm -hmm. decent time. There's no, I mean, we were doing it in PEI, and I get it. We were, I mean, she was the one driving at that point, and it was late. And, I mean, we, we had a hotel to get to. She was kind of racing to get to the hotel to sleep. There is there is a different mentality about the Trans-Canada Highway in certain parts of, of Canada. You oh, see truck drivers doing, like, 180 kilometers oh, yeah. an hour. It's crazy. I know that. And... She said that after that she did it, and that doesn't bother me because it's after the fact. We didn't get caught. No. But I'm not going to get pulled over by a state trooper. No, I'm no. Not, that will not be happy. Not be that Canadian. No. Interesting. Well, pretty much all minivans actually have a surprising amount of power. I don't know how quick this one is. I haven't driven it very much, but it's more. It, it's pretty much just as quick as my Impala was. A lot of we need. Yeah. Where do you think we're going to film the, the Nashville podcast? We have to do the Florida one on the beach. You can't go well, to yeah. a place called Panama City Beach without doing it on no, the beach. No, it'd be crazy. I'm not doing it in a hotel room. Hell no. But where are we going to do it in Nashville? We do it in the hotel or do we do it at... I, I told... Because we do it on the like a patio out of, at a bar. You can do that. Well, I was just going to say, Melissa wants to go to a bar. Yeah. And if she tells me the name of the bar, I could try to contact ahead and say, hey we're podcasters for coming we want to go to this bar if you have a patio area can we shoot our podcast at the bar yeah. like on the patio just to see what they say because it's a pretty well-known bar apparently it'd be worth a shot mm -hmm. we, we might get some people trying to join in from the That's fine. other people in the patio it'd be neat it's a little bit different not too many people get to travel on episode 11 
it, it depends on the lifestyle that the podcasters already have. Because a lot of people who do a podcast are already established on with an online presence beforehand. Hey, we're, you know, 17 followers on Facebook. Yeah. Have you... I'm I'm hesitant to share with certain people. I haven't shared you at all yet. Well, here's the problem. I think the only people who would click on it are like my grand grandmother and some some aunts probably. And those aren't necessarily who this is for. You don't think any of your friends would listen? I don't know. I I, I should I should mention it to a couple friends and see what happens. I'm waiting. I haven't invited him. But Kevin Murphy, if you're listening to this now, I don't know when you're going to hear it, but welcome. I apologize about episode one, but welcome. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Just enjoy. But yeah, it's it's interesting. I have a friend who uh, listens. He's like, you need to you need to talk because I told him he'd probably like it because we do talk about college sometimes and stuff like that. So it's a little bit of reminiscing from there. But I don't know. You should probably just share it to some. I share every episode knowing that my dad won't listen for two hours. No, there's an attention span thing. And there's also a lot of older people, I think, don't use their computers in that specific way. So a lot of them are at desktop computers or like a laptop or something. I I know that's how a lot of my family members use it. Justin says he never has to listen because he has to hear it a dozen times as I'm editing. So he knows what's going on. Yeah. Um, Melissa's listened for five minutes and says, I just don't listen to podcasts. He'll just force her way through. Every week we get better. Mm -hmm. Last week. How long do you think it'll be before we get past being self-referential about our podcast? I don't know. Because I don't, you never see any big podcasters do it really. Yeah, but... You've never watched. I, I I don't know if there was ever a time when Joe Rogan had seventeen followers on there wasn't Facebook exactly. Yeah. So it exists and it was automatically successful. You don't get the the grind of growing. No. Whereas, I mean, I I try to share. People like it and whatnot. But the 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 views prove that people may like it and they may listen for a few minutes and they may not catch it. So there's there's something there's something that can be done. I think. Just doing it like this, eventually you're going to say something or, you know, there's going to be something that is said or stories that will connect. Or just be really controversial and get us posted yeah. on BuzzFeed and how we're like, you know what, that's... racist misogynists or something. Yeah. I mean, without being goofy about it, like saying that women used to tend the fields while men filmed the podcast is pretty jokey. We can't be that edgy compared to a lot of the other people out there that are pretty small. Well, yeah, but... I think I think the other thing that we should eventually do, because it's not necessarily about, and again, this is self-referential, so Teal is going to hate this, but it's like, talk about it less. Uh, once we get like to episode 20 or something like that, where it's not necessarily a giant following, we should try to get people of, not necessarily notoriety, but we should get guests that people might be interested in. Yes, we still need to plan mm-hmm. guests out. If we, I think that a good place to start would be if you are watching this and you are somebody we know personally yeah, and you, you think you have honest. something you could it was fun with Justin contribute. <laughs> it was. It was so fun. And, we, and he, he said when Eric said, Justin's going to be on the podcast too, right? And I'm like, 
I guess just it's like a, I listen to what you guys talk about. I don't have opinions on that. And then we we altered it to that, and it was fun. It was a totally different podcast. Yeah. I don't know how much he jumped in, but, you know. I listened to a little bit of it, and it... it <laughs> It was good flow. You look at the you look at the video from the first five minutes to the end. It was a lot of alcohol. Yeah. <laughs> I I will I'll give Justin credit. He he knows on the time in with a lot of things. He made some pretty funny. He's funny. Comments. He's yeah. got good. He's got good comic timing. And today with the read through, as I said, a few moments he stumbled. Long dialogue. I guess. Do it. you want to mention what this read through is, just so we doing? Um, I've been writing a Christmas movie with some people for a while. Trying to do a read-through to see how it sounds. Did about half of it today. Stumbled a little bit. A little bit clunky here and there. But we're working through it. But Justin, for some of it, killed it. Yeah. Like, like he has some acting experience. Yeah, it's almost like he went to school for it. I <laughs> hope he could kill some of it, at least. I, I feel like, even when I put effort in, I still sound monotone. And I still sound monotone here, which is the problem. Yeah, but that's, that's fine. It's just hearing the way people would say it, plus maybe monotone... Maybe the new Santa is a sarcastic asshole. Like, maybe you came up with something. We kind of came up with something with the Italian thing. Like, you don't know until people say it. I had fun pitching little ideas here and there. Yeah. For sure. It's such a... To go from being somebody who's written short films to trying to write something big, it's ridiculous the amount of effort that goes into it. And now there's just more that needs to be done. And then the funding and then everything. And oh my God. Big time. It'd be fun. That's that's just it. The way it's scheduled, I think we could probably shoot it in like four weeks. We did it every day. That's a pretty normal. It's pretty pretty normal for a comedy. Like it's not effects heavy. No. It's lower budget. It's a lot of conversation. And conversations are easy to film. Then you worry about the other stuff. Yeah. Yeah. The effects heavy. Stuff. No, I mean we're still in the we. One thing that I really fixated on is we want to get a Ferrari, <laughs> <laughs> or whatever. It, it could be a different car, I yeah. guess. But if we if we're gonna have a slightly Italian inspired yeah, car, that's, that's... it'd be cool to have a Ferrari, or at least like a a Lancia or something. Nobody would know what the hell that car is, and you could probably rent. You could probably buy one for less than it is to rent a Ferrari for a day. So maybe, but just stuff like that adds. I mean, if you if you get excited about the, the car potential, then that's good. I get excited about other things. It's all good. I'm glad that you you thought it there there wasn't anything negative that I wasn't expecting. I knew it's clunky in some areas. The the so. hardest thing, and I don't, it's it's really diff, It must be really difficult to make dialogue that isn't robotic sounding at first, just because it's almost like I would imagine you're discovering these characters as you write them. Yeah, like by the end of this, hopefully we have a feel of what each one is like that we would know what they would say a little bit better. Yeah, because I the more drafts that get done, the more um, I don't want to say jokes get made, but if you're like, well, I feel at the end of the day, it's kind of like I feel like the character would say this. There's a line that we didn't get to where we were very close. Where the elf, it's fine, is talking about how there's rules of the North Pole. He's like, it's clearly written down that these are the rules of the North Pole and how Santa Claus has to follow them. And the woman looks at him and he's like, the rules of the North Pole, Santa Claus has to follow? Why don't you just call them the Claus Laws? Just something like that. Like, kind of sarcastic and whatnot. 
So just going through stuff like that is very interesting. And then you you hit a note like, what if the elf had a little bit more of an Italian kind of inspired thing? Which, if you're listening to this podcast 20 years from now, and it's a hit movie and you have no idea what we're talking about an Italian elf. It wasn't a good idea. No. But it could also be a good idea. So who knows? Gotta see where it goes. Yeah. We'll have to... What we'll have to do is we'll occasionally have to go through old episodes and do follow-ups. Like, hey, back in episode one, when we talked about <laughs> self-driving cars. The problem with that, and I'm already realizing it's a problem, is when somebody's criticizing, because Tila watched the other ones, <laughs> she's criticizing something we said. I'm like, I talked about that? What do you, what do you well, mean? I know. We talk about so much. It's hard to, when I'm summarizing, and this is after I've listened to it for a day. Just editing it, and then I go to summarize it. On this week, we talk about shit. The hell did we talk about? And even writing, like if we were write down what we want to talk about, it doesn't necessarily mean we're going to hit all the notes. Uh-uh. Um, so that's something that needs to be worked on because then you can actually deal with uh, like keywords on YouTube and try to try to deal with it that way. Because if we talk, have you been about, putting keywords? I have, but they're very general. Okay. The first one was podcast. Less general podcast, Niagara, if we talked about it, uh, if we talked about something specific, self-driving, stuff like that, try to see nothing's really hit. Is there new Elon Musk news? Yes. Which, in the past week, what have we got? Uh, new Elon Musk news, he took away his Facebook. He canceled, yeah. he canceled I guess Facebook for Tesla Bit and of a stunt. SpaceX. They, if he brought it back, he'd get up to nearly the same amount of followers. Well, yeah, no but people, but he's not. People said on Twitter, "Delete your Facebook," and he, he did. did. He's I, I am. I if I could be any person in the world right now, I think I'd like to be in his place. Uh, Elon Musk, <laughs> he's just a badass. Even Gary Vaynerchuk, yeah. listen to his stuff. He pops up on YouTube or on Facebook and whatnot occasionally, and uh, just just really really good info. I think the two, the three books that I'll take to Florida that I won't read any of, but I'll probably read one of them, would be the Jordan Peterson. The 12 Rules for yep. Life. Yeah. And uh, Vaynerchuk's Crushed It. Or Crushing It. Crushed It. I think it's Crushed It. Interesting. I gotta get a new book. And then just I... one of my standard island reads. After I crashed my car, I made a very impulsive move to cancel a lot of things I was subscribed to just to cut down costs because I know insurance is going to be more. That makes sense. I I was going to cancel Audible, but I think they make it so difficult because you can't do it from the app. You have to do it from the desktop site. And if you go to the the website... It's what, $10 a month? $14.99. It should be $10 a month. Yeah. I know it's a good thing, but that's... I love Audible, but... $15 a month adds up. It does. I... I, I used to pay that much for Photoshop and Lightroom. Mm-hmm. I get a lot. I made money from Photoshop and Lightroom. I don't, don't make, make money. You from, can't make money off Audible. No. I mean, I guess if you read a lot, you get good ideas from something. But that's a more if you're a, if a you're, business if you're person. A book reviewer. Yeah. Or no, but even just a business person, if you yeah. get ideas or inspiration from that. Um, it's not as good. Get a library card. Here, no. Here's here's the problem. I've I've bought one book in the past I don't know, a couple months. It was it was like a history based book. I I read the first thirty pages, and it's it's so tough because I have Audible's this thing that I can just I, oh it's on my phone. Let me listen to it while I drive to work or while I'm on break or whatever. A book, it's like I have to designate. Okay, this hour of the day, I'm gonna sit down in an armchair 
with a light on, and I'm going to read this Which book. Which is a very romanticized thing, an idea of living life. You don't really do that. No, that's why I don't read my books. But you jumped my point. Yeah. I continuously forget and lose my library card, so I need to go get another one. Libraries now have their own apps, and they're government-funded apps. So if you get a library card from, say, the Niagara Falls Library, okay, you can log in to the app uh, with your library card and have a selection, not necessarily as good as Audible, but for free, you can have a selection to professionally read audiobooks. Okay, why the hell did I didn't hear about this before? I don't know. I, I listened to uh, my first full read-through of The Wolf of Wall Street was because of that. Hmm. Awesome book unabridged great book because of that uh i listened to a autobiography of betty white of billy crystal okay. uh some sales books some zig ziglar stuff it is a good thing and it's free shout out to shout out federally to funded libraries publicly funded libraries that's that's it's the way to try it out how see the well would, would a library take a rental agreement, a signed rental agreement as a suitable piece of ID to get a library card? Because I, I don't, uh, I tend not to update any of my information when I go to move to, because I move to a different city like every eight months kind of thing. Sure, that's a, that's a good thing you want to <sighs> advertise. I don't care. It's the law. I know. <laughs> but technically, I still have mail delivered. I still have an address that's fixed. That is on my identification. That is truthfully where I could live. I have a room there. I have everything I need. In at your parents' place. Yes. Okay. But so you don't get mail here. Some of some of it I do. It's a mix and match. Okay. Um, here, here's the thing. If I'm I'm probably going to have a house not too long from now. Then it's worth it. Yeah. Then it's worth it. But if you're renting a different place sporadically like i've lived in some places as short as yeah but but a while, a while ago this is the first full year where you haven't been a student when you're a yes. student you shouldn't change your address True. um i'm still in the student mentality unfortunately i guess no that's fine then um we'll just freaking get tila to do it and you <laughs> just need her login that's true she can get a library card and just take that yeah. she was using my audible up until this See, point there you go <laughs> Can you do that? Can you have multiple people use your Audible? Yes. Well, just gotta, it's your Amazon account. No. Yeah. The one thing I was worried about is when you have Audible on your phone, mm. it'll save where you are in a book. If somebody else tries to start that book, I was worried that something would happen, but she, she was able to do it, and it kept my progress saved. So I don't really? Know. Yeah. So it knows that there's multiple users. It, yeah, it does. Mm. I don't know... Yeah, I don't, know. I don't know if there's a rule against that or something, but it works. It's probably like like Netflix and whatnot. There's a certain amount of people that can use it. Like Netflix has the six or five or yeah, the family many screen account, and then I'm sure Audible has that too. Because I mean, if the the dad of the family has an has an Amazon account, that does that negates the mom from needing it traditionally. And then the kids, so at least a three-person thing, I would think. It's probably it's a very user agreement. It's a very household-oriented product. Mm -hmm. I know even like the PlayStation Network would do something like that, where there'd be like a family account for like game. You could, if you had bought digital copies of games, you could have them running on certain PlayStation, like 
multiple PlayStations at the same time, which is a much earlier form of that kind of thing. Yeah. I keep, I always forget how a lot of the Xbox 360 and PlayStation 3 stuff kind of, it predated a lot of the way that we interact. Like, when did, when did Netflix even get big in Canada? Uh, well... That's a kind of a double-ended question because Netflix has been in Canada since basically the inception, but it sucked. There was, yeah, there it was, was a, a separate was, version that was, was garbage. Separate, it yeah. was just Canadian content and shit. It really kind of became good when Disney partnered with them. That's going to change the landscape when Disney pulls out because they've said they're pulling out from Netflix. As of when? Uh I think it's the end of the calendar year of 2018. But here's the catch. They pull out of Netflix. That means that all the Marvel movies on Netflix is gone. are gone. They just bought Fox. Well, just being months ago. Just need bought Fox. Yeah. That should change the content of Fox a lot. Yeah. Oh, my God. Did you miss that? Yes. Billion, like billions of billions of dollars spent. They bought Fox. Uh, <laughs> not the TV side, the film side. Okay, maybe not so big of a deal then. It's still a big deal. Yeah, yeah, no, it, it is. is. It's one hundred percent a big deal. You can think of how that that title, like iconic Fox title screen. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be changed. And, well, no, it's still gonna exist. It's no? gonna, it's, it will still exist in the idea, in the way that Marvel still has her title screen, that Lucasfilm still has her title screen, and whatnot. But Disney will get a title At screen. At what there point too. does this violate monopoly laws or something? It's getting close because you you have to think right now. There are hard, who's competing against Disney? Who has right now? It's asinine because Disney can say to Netflix, "We're leaving," and they leave. And then what happens in twenty nineteen? Everybody knows they're doing it. They're going to start their own streaming company. And if you're Disney and you say, "Hey, and you're fucked. ten bucks a month." All the Marvel movies, every Disney movie we've released, every Fox movie that we released, everybody else is fucked. And Fox owns The Simpsons, right? TV. Yeah. Which Disney doesn't have. So they could get. But once you have The Simpsons. Oh, there's Simpsons movies. One. Huh. Simpsons movies. I've seen the one. I figured yeah. there might have been another. So yeah. But if Disney was like, hey, you know, we own the film side of things. What if we got, if you got a streaming company that had all 20 plus seasons of The Simpsons? Holy shit. Like, it's insane. Disney, just, I mean, talk about Monopoly. They're at the point where they don't have a choice. They released Black Panther. Mm-hmm. Good movie. Pretty good movie. I still don't think 1.2 billion good, but good movie. It was hyped up really well. Hyped up so really well. And that's great. A few weeks later, it's obvious Disney didn't expect it to do as well as it did, which is a good thing. You want a movie to overperform. Because it took away from its own... It took away sales. from uh, uh, Wrinkle in Time. Yeah. So now Disney is kind of cannibalizing itself in a different way. So, unfortunately, the Walt Disney Company is going to technically take a hit because that was Disney Presents a Wrinkle in Time. But the Walt Disney Company benefits from Black Panther making $1.2 billion. And they're going to do it again. They're going to compete, like Solo's coming out, the Han Solo movie, and that'll compete with, uh, like, the Avengers hype and whatnot. So, at this point, it's just like, we gotta, it's still being released. So that means Lucasfilm may not make as much money as Marvel, but Disney doesn't care. 
because they're making the money. One, right? And (laughs) it's to the point where if Disney wanted to, and I know they can't, I can't remember the law, if they were like, we're just going to open up our own fucking movie theater. Think about the content that they do release under under they, their multiple names. Yeah, there, there. I do know what you're talking about. Where they, you can't be the person who makes the content and then distributes it in a certain way or something. You you can make and distribute, but you can't be the distribute. You can't be the the the, the you can. I don't know exactly how it is. I, I don't I don't know the specifics of the rule, but I know I've heard of some a similar thing. But that's insane. Yeah, and I can't remember when it happened. I should. This is something I should probably just like do a fact check of. Do a quick little fact. Check. <laughs> uh, it, when I'll, as a side note, I, I'm kind of thinking of also. I don't know how much when when Chevrolet. Well, I guess when GM was making Chevrolet, Buick, Saturn, all these different uh, Pontiac, all these different companies, and they just had the same cars rebranded with different badges. I wonder how much they ate into their own sales and how much if that went away after the financial crisis, just because they killed off. Saturn, they killed off Pontiac. It's it's strange because nowadays it's it's more segmented. I think mean, Cadillac makes entirely different cars, and the rest of GM and and the Chevys are nothing like the GMC lineup. It's all very separate now. I wonder if that's the lesson that they learned. It's possible because you could see Disney. I could see Disney doing the same thing where they stop candle. Maybe they try to keep things a bit more separate. I mean, they're operating as a company as a parent company. They yeah. let their individual companies operate. Uh, the guy in charge of Marvel has to has to talk to his boss at Disney, but he's still calling the shots at Marvel, but still a Disney thing. So here's the article from Variety.com, uh, December 14th, 2017. So you've missed about four months of news. Okay. Three months. The Walt Disney Company has set a $52.4 billion all-stock deal to acquire 20th Century Fox and other entertainment and sports assets from Rupert Murdoch's empire. The deal between Disney and 20th Century, 21st Century Fox marks an iconic union of Hollywood heavyweights and a bid by Disney to bolster its core TV and film businesses against an onslaught of new competitors in the content area. Key elements of the transaction unveiled Thursday morning. The deal values 21st Century Fox assets in the transaction at $66.1 billion, including a $13.7 billion in 21 Century Fox debt, or $28 a share. The enterprise value of the deal is $69 billion. CEO of Disney, Bob Iger, extended his contract with the company for another two years through the end of 2021 in order to oversee the integration of the assets. 20th century, 21st Century Fox shareholders will receive uh, 0.27% of Disney shares for each Fox share held, giving Fox shareholders about 25% of Disney. Wow. Uh, 20th, 21st Century Fox will spin off Fox Broadcasting Company, uh, Fox Sports, Fox News, Fox Television Stations, and a handful of other assets into a new company, that will have revenue of $10 billion and earnings of about $2.8 billion. Uh, the 20th Century Fox lot in Century City will also remain the spin-off Fox company. Disney expects to realize $2 billion in cost savings from combining Disney and Fox's overlapping businesses within two years. $2 billion is nothing when you're spending $54. No, that's not a quick payback. Uh, Disney expects the regulatory review of the acquisition to take as long as 18 months. That's a big thing, though. It, 
It's difficult to see what it really means in the short term. Well, they have plans. I mean, it mentions uh, Fox owns the studio, for example, that produces the ABC hit Modern Family. Now Disney will take control of the program and benefit from syndication and other distribution of the series. The 20th Century Fox studio also has the right to make movies for Marvel characters like X-Men, the result of deals struck before Disney purchased Marvel in 2009. Fox also controls the rights to the one Star Wars film that is not under the Disney's reign, which is the first one, Star Wars A New Hope. Hmm. So it's bringing a lot of stuff that they have and own back to the umbrella. Now, how much is A New Hope worth? Not $56 billion. No. But it helps. Uh, Here. Oh, and the reason why everybody thinks Disney is going to push streaming is the deal also gives Disney a majority control of Hulu, as Disney now owns 30%. Oh my god! <laughs> so they've posi- it's not it's not as uh, I wonder what they'll do. There's kind no, of we know what they're going to do. What's going to happen now? There's implications for this just because. Well, it, it's almost pointless to even argue with this now. But I think a long time ago people were saying, "Oh, Disney, if you were to stream, if you were to I don't know, do anything on YouTube that had something to do with the Disney movie, like you showed part of a trailer, you would get content ID very quickly." And Disney was very very strict about any copyright infringement whatsoever. Now I think we're past that because it's already shit on YouTube and it's already, everything's pretty much brought to fruition as to how bad it could be. But if Disney owned everything, man, there'd be tons of money going towards to stop every single type of mm-hmm. copyright infringement, even though it's just perhaps creative use or creative... Fair use. Yeah, fair use. It, oh, it's interesting. It's a weird, it's going to be a weird world. If Disney owns everything, pretty much. Well, that's that's it. Like, I don't know if Disney would take on like Universal or Sony. They buy Sony's Sony. pretty damn big. I know, but it's more of like a foreign market thing for Sony, isn't it? Well, their film. I mean, Sony's film division has its ups and downs they, they have some good ones they have some bad ones their animated division is kind of sucky um, but I mean it's a giant change and it's changing nobody I mean Walt Disney never would have thought hey one day you know that Fox broadcasting company that we're competing with one day we're going to buy it never once thought of that no that's asinine and now they did and it could take another 60 years before they were like, yeah, you know what, we're going to buy Universal. And now Disney is going to own Harry Potter as well. I would... It's weird to buy things... Well, well Warner. Warner being Harry Potter. Warner Brothers even. Like, Disney owning Time Warner. Like, that's... It's just... That's a cable distribution network as well, isn't it? Is uh, it not? Time Warner Cable? Mm-hmm. Time Warner, Warner Brothers... So you, they could basically buy that, kill the cable side of it if they want, and go full digital, mm-hmm. not waste but that's, money maintaining that infrastructure. It's the other thing that's weird with Netflix now is they've went to the old school way of doing TV. You now, new shows on Netflix, you can't stream all of them. They now have weekly shows. There's, the Dave, there's a David Letterman talk show that wasn't released in full. You now have to wait for new episodes to be released, and that's a Netflix original. There's a Joel McHale show that's now a 
weekly or monthly show that's a Netflix But you original. watch it at a specific time or it's just available? To well, it's s- available at a certain time, but it's still kind of like the old school way where you had to wait. Yeah, but that's because they're being produced. So yeah, I mean, that's that's traditionally not the way that Netflix has done it. If they just had made, all the episodes, if they made their content, it was streamable. That's the way. That's when binging became a thing. So House of Cards but available from wasn't day that one. mostly stuff? Well, every episode was day one. Yes, really. The Netflix original shows. Once they realized that binging was a thing, it was available from day one. That's interesting. I I was entirely oblivious just because I rarely ever use Netflix myself. Yeah. Hmm. Um, their originals like The Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, available from day one. Ozark, available from day one. Hmm. And then now you have shows that aren't available from day one. It's nice and it's better than TV because if you miss it, it's streamable. It's there. Yeah. But the fact that they're now saying, hey, episode two is released. This date. Don't miss it. I wonder if there's any benefits to building anticipation and, and all that. Well... The David Letterman show, his first interview was with friggin' Barack Obama. Pretty big. It was pretty big. Wasn't as interesting as I thought. Yeah, actually, politically, Barack Obama has been very, at least publicly silent about what he thinks. I wonder if you have to be. I guess, like, past presidents... I doubt it. He was very vocal against Trump to begin with because he was rallying support still for the Democratic nominee, Hillary Clinton. But... Afterwards, not so much. I don't... I don't know. I don't know. I haven't heard much about him. Uh, he's just kind of doing his thing and... Living the retired life? That's it. That's an insane thing. Because he's still young. He's, he's, Is he? Was he like 50? He'd be around there. He was He was a young president. Yeah. And he... I mean, his kids... He He should actually be... Be good to move now because his youngest kid were were the reason why they stayed in Washington because they wanted to be finishing school and I think it's either this year or next year that they'll both be done high school move somewhere else they moved like just down the street from the White House <laughs> I, I get well it's the same school so you same can't be school. that far away yeah it'd be so weird to be the daughter of a president yeah well like it, it's also this weird thing where like you're always taught that that's the crowning like if, if you could achieve the most prestigious thing in your entire life it would be the leader of the country, the president of the United States. Why? I don't have a good reason myself, but that's just the way... For popularity, Elon Musk is more popular. Than Barack Obama? I don't think so. I think so. Right now, at least. Right now, yeah. And but you but want... more people would probably know Barack Obama's name. Uh, you don't do it for a financial gain. You make $400,000 a year. No, it's a, and it's probably an extremely Or if you're Trump, you make a dollar per year. Well, yeah. Because you, you don't need the money. <laughs> but it, it's an extremely CNN stressful time. Not CNN. 60 Minutes. 60 Minutes? 60 Minutes. Interview tonight. It's already happened. Yeah. Uh, like four weeks ago. Uh, interview with Stormy Daniels. Oh. No one to watch it. The whole oh. NDA. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be interesting. I don't know. I don't know if I want to listen to her for 60 Minutes. Well. She's, she's not a dumb porn star. Yeah, I just want to know because the... here's the problem though. Well, and maybe there's new information to it too. But either either you believe her side of things or you don't. It seems like there's evidence in her favor at this point. Well, the whole thing is 
Trump started to get really mad to the point where they sued for $20 million. Yes. Because she started saying, and I've got, uh, I've got, um, like photos and texts that are detrimental to the president. Mm-hmm. Talk about a presidential dick. It's kind of like blackmail at this point. What it is. Yeah. But it, it, it would be interesting to see what would happen. There, it, it didn't change Man. the tides because... I wonder, I wonder how the nation would react to revenge porn of Trump. Because oh, it'd be t- I don't want to see that. But... <sighs> Man, that would be funny because you have a lot of people that are progressive minded that are super against the idea of revenge porn, but it's Trump mm-hmm. and he's, he's getting what he deserves, isn't he? Yeah. I don't know. I don't want I hope it doesn't get released. I hope there, I hope we don't wake up one morning and they're like, this just in presidential dick pic unveiled. The orange face smashes the, the Johnson. <laughs> it's so weird. Anything like this. It's true. He's his team kind of puts on a, a public face where he'll he won't talk about it publicly. But something like this would have killed anybody else. Barack Obama has a affair with a porn star. Yeah, that would have been the end of that. And his wife just gave birth. Oh yeah, that'd be insane. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, like the the Bob Mueller thing that that uh, interviews kind of coming up they should interview it in public they should do it on tv that'd be the, the trump wants to be some on the highest rated show of all time broadcast the fbi interview with donald trump i know there's secrecy laws against it but that would be the highest rated you're pretty amazing when james comey testified uh last year bars were advertising it and bars were packed with people sitting wow and watching i didn't know that part yeah in the states yeah I I listen to a lot of, was it WBFO? The it's an NPR station or whatever okay. near us, so they they keep me up to date on all that kind of stuff. But it's it'd be interesting to go to a bar and watch like a political interrogation. Yeah, I don't know that the the James Comey stuff was interesting. I do remember that. Yeah, the the questions that he allegedly Bob Mueller allegedly wants to ask Trump seem. Like this investigation wasn't going exactly the way they'd hoped because they're not necessarily, they're, they're indirectly related to Russia, but they're not like, why do you have offshore bank accounts here? Unless, I mean, it would make sense that they're not publicly saying what they want to get to, but like one of the questions are about like a statement Trump made on Air Force One about a meeting that one of his sons had with a Russian diplomat. So it's it's very vague Russia related questions, but it'd be interesting to see if they actually meet. Because these old lawyers are like, we don't want him to meet because he's gonna say something that can. He can't himself. hold his, his composure. <sighs> even when he even when he does, I mean, people were. I I definitely felt like when he addressed the nation after. Did you listen to the State of the Union? No. He, Wait, maybe. It was, where he talks about the after the Florida shooting, right? No. Okay. State of the Union would be a yearly thing that the president gives. No. Oh, yeah. That was good, too, actually. He did very well. He stuck to his script. When he sticks to yeah. a script, he can be a little bit and more ominous than other presidents, and his vocabulary isn't as good. But when he sticks to a script, he sounds presidential. That's good. Somebody writing for him knows what they're doing. Yeah, but somebody wrote for Barack Obama, too. Yeah. So it's it's a job. 
Obama's jokes were pretty good. Well, no, that's I missed those. That is a different thing. That is the that is the <laughs> correspondence dinner that you're talking about. Trump didn't hmm? go. No, no, I'm, I'm not even talking about that. I'm talking about Obama in general. Oh, Obama was always funny. He he had good jokes to crack. He's the reason why Trump's president. From that one correspondence dinner, it's yep. like, I'll be one thing that you never will be. I'm president. Yeah. Cue the memes. Yeah. Pro-Trump memes. <laughs> That's it. We, we, we're not at that point where anybody except Tila has called us out on stupid shit that we've said. But <laughs> it'll get to the point. <laughs> I think this is a good place to stop for the night. It's pretty late. It's been a hour and a half. An hour and a half. That's pretty good. That is good. We we always seem to do well. Uh, that's good. Uh, until next time. We should uh, eventually think about getting uh, like a public personal Facebook page that we can put our social media handles below, like in the lower thirds. Yeah. So that way I can say. Should we pimp out something to do with ourselves? I could I could put my Instagram name. Well, I mean, we, we'll we'll do it after because I could say, you know, thank you for listening. I'm Jesse Dolster, and then something will appear below me, and then you can say, thanks for Eric listening. Gervais. I'm Eric Gervais, and then something below will appear on you, like that. Are you you're gonna edit that? Really? Yeah, I'll do that, and then <laughs> here's me, and then if you want a public Facebook page. I'll do that. I'm, I'll make my own. I don't, but that's my Instagram right there. I'll do Instagram as which well. Which I don't post ever, but if I get even <laughs> one new follower after this is posted, I'm going to start posting again. Likewise. It's it's interesting. Um, but yeah, we, we should start doing that because that's what everybody does. It's building a brand. It's building you. It's building it's building a show. And it's a good show if you, might, if you don't mind long conversation it's interesting it keeps things light and we jump all around but yeah 54 point if they watch to this point then i guess they're convinced that it's a good show so at least we're talking to the right people that's true have you have you even listened to one of the shows what do you think of the intro simple not not the posted ones i've listened to the obviously i edit the audio so i don't I've listened to the show. Well, it's a very simple intro. No, says something point. funny happened on the way to the podcast, or a funny thing happened. We, we gotta way. abbreviate that. It's called something. On the way to the podcast. Something funny podcast or something. With Jesse and Eric, and then the one with Justin will say, and Justin as well. Yeah. And then. It's too long, as of a name. I think we gotta have at least a short version of it for some some use scenarios. A funny, a funny way, a funny. I don't Fun, know. A funny thing podcast. Funny thing podcast. Well, that's the email. Yeah. But yeah, if any of you think you're interesting, let us know. We'll have you on the show. We should get G. Let G do it. He'd do it. For publicity? Yeah. yeah. We'll talk to him about it. Maybe when weed's legal, so he can bring hmm? a joint. Maybe when weed's legal, so he can bring oh, a joint. That'd be interesting. No, he'd, he'd want to do it before. He'd want to do it. Like, we, we could get him on. That's a problem. We could get him on now. You have to get on like next week if he wants to do it kind of around the time that his album gets released. He can, he can, we don't have much of an audience to offer him, unfortunately. I mean, he's a startup band. What does he have to lose? Yeah. He spends true. an hour and a half of his time talking to us about music. I feel like I would learn so much about him. Yeah, let's do it. Let's ask him. Yeah. We can have do it. Yeah. He can do it in a heartbeat. All right. Look forward to seeing G on the podcast because we have faith that he will do it. Yeah, we do. Have a good week, everybody. Goodbye.